The Red Sox finally won a game. Juan Soto may find himself amongst other MVP candidates. And Barry Larkin is going to look for players in places where scouts have not been yet. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Daily MLB Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am a podcaster. I've been doing this for over a decade now, I've also been an Emmy-nominated television producer. I've been on TV as a comic, as an actor. I've been a filmmaker, a comedian. I've written for baseball magazines. You may have seen me on HBO Sports, on ESPN2. Or right now, you may see me as a special education teacher in Los Angeles County and host of this podcast. I used to host the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I did that for many, many years, and now I'm here and locked on. People wondered who the heck I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. And I beat COVID. I stared COVID right in the eyes. Two shots of vaccination, two shots of boosting, two pumps of cinnamon. Boom! Back. Lungs filled up. Hey, uh, thanks so much for everyone who filled in during my absence, and thanks yesterday as uh, Miller Thomas dealt with all of my technical difficulties. I'm here. I'm back in the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios in Pasadena, California. We're looking at the historic Rose Bowl. And you can check us out on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. Also on Instagram, same handle. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. And if you're in your car, be sure to tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On MLB, or check out some of the other great shows of the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Yankees with my good friend Stacy Gotsoulias. The Subway Series is starting tonight, and she hates it. One of the biggest Yankee fans I've ever met in my life. She hates the Subway Series. I think it's because the the novelty is gone, and if you're a Yankee fan, there's really nothing to gain from it. You know, if the Mets win. Met fans just give it to Yankee fans left and right. If the Yankees win, well, the Yankees are supposed to win. Either way, a lot of attention on that. That very well could be a World Series preview. For the first time, really since, I'm going to say 2006. Uh, in 2006, I thought we were going to have a Subway Series. And as it was, the Tigers uh, upset the Yankees in the Division Series, and the Cardinals upset the Mets in the League Championship Series. And it turned into really one of the most, I mean, I'm sorry, Cardinal fans. It was one of the most lackluster World Series I can ever remember was the 06 World Series. Uh, And it isn't because I'm not a Tiger fan or I'm not a Cardinal fan. Some of my favorite World Series have been World Series where I do not have a dog in the fight. Greatest World Series I ever saw in my life was Atlanta versus Minnesota 1991. Best World Series of all time, at least in my lifetime. And at that time, I had never stepped foot in Georgia nor Minnesota. And I loved it. You know, the World Series between 
the uh, Cardinals and the Rangers. I didn't have a dog in that fight. That was a wonderful World Series, especially that game six. And so I actually kind of I actually kind of enjoy it when I don't have a dog in the fight because then I can just watch the World Series without sort of, you know, sometimes I adopt the team. Like when it was the Cubs versus the Indians, and they were the Indians then. Uh, I was rooting for the Indians. I know the planet was rooting for the Cubs, but I was rooting for the Indians because I was such a Terry Francona fan. And I also just did not like Aroldis Chapman. Um, and uh, when Rajay Davis hit that home run, you would have thought I grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio. But the fact of the matter is, sometimes I like it. Sometimes I like it when I don't have a dog in the fight. But, um, yeah, it could be a Subway Series this year. It could be. Now, it's not a guarantee, of course. The Astros are catching up to the Yankees. The whole idea that the Yankees are guaranteed a top spot in the American League, it's not a guarantee. Now, as it was, the A's led by Elvis Andrews and Sky Bolt. Man, what a great name Sky Bolt is. Uh, the A's held on. Uh, Lou Trevino pitched the A's into some trouble on Ricky Henderson Field, but the A's held on to a 7-5 victory. But the Astros are creeping up on the Yankees for that best record in the American League, how, the best record in baseball. Another team that's hanging on by the fingernails and fighting for a playoff spot, the Milwaukee Brewers, and they face the Colorado Rockies. And the Rockies, behind Kyle Freeland, shut out the Brewers. Um, you know, there was uh, Daniel Bard, the, the, still a great story. He, uh, he wound up getting the save there. Low-scoring affair, one run in the third, one run in the fifth, and the Rockies held on to beat the Brewers, who are, you know, neck and neck with the St. Louis Cardinals for that uh, National League Central spot and a spot won the wild cards. Um, Noah Syndergaard and the Angels lost again. They may have to fire their manager again. I don't know. Something has to be done in Angel land. And as, and as I mentioned yesterday, it's probably going to be the trading of Shohei Otani. Um, the Padres are a playoff team right now. They're a wild card team right now. And they went into Detroit and got their butts handed to them. Uh, Candelario hit a home run. There's a grand slam. Uh, someone named Will Vest. Will Vest got the victory 12 to four. The Tigers smacked around Sean Manaya. And the San Diego Padres. Padres are still a playoff team. They're still 10 games above 500. But, you know, this is not 1984. A trip to Detroit from San Diego shouldn't be that kind of a blowout. Uh, other games, uh, hey, uh, it was uh, uh, Bryson Stott who had a big home run the day after Joe Girardi was dismissed as Philly's manager. Well, he hit a huge three-run home run as the Phillies came from behind to defeat the Atlanta Braves, the World Series champion Atlanta Braves, 6-4. to four. And that was a significant victory for several reasons. First of all, it keeps the Phillies in the playoff run as they are sniffing one of those wildcard spots. Remember, the Phillies haven't seen the postseason since Ryan Howard fell in a heap at the end of the 2011 postseason. Um, but also the Braves were on the verge of pulling to within a game of the Mets who were idle setting up for the subway series. So Met fans, I know you don't like rooting for the Phillies, but they just did the Mets a big, big favor by holding back the Braves for at least one day. So, uh, you know, uh, Sarah, 
Sir Anthony Dominguez came in. He got the save. And the Phillies, who are now uh, four games above 500 and are hovering there. But that's a big, big come-from-behind victory for the Phillies. Um, the Rays and the Orioles faced off in what nobody thought was going to be a big uh, wild-card game. But the Rays are trying to hang on to that spot. And the Orioles want to be a 500 team. And my new buddy, John Blosser Jr., big Rays fan. We had a nice little exchange the other day. And uh, sorry, buddy, Rays could not, even with Corey Kluber on the mound, Santander and all those Orioles are just the pains in the neck. And the Orioles wound up winning that game 5-1. to one. Uh, a couple other games to mention. The Mariners, who are hanging on to a playoff spot, held on for dear life as Chris Flexen and Ty France led the way in a 4-3 victory over the Texas Rangers. Um, right now, it's not over yet. The Nats and the Dodgers are facing off right down the street from where I'm recording this 4-1. to one. The Nationals are ahead of Los Angeles. We'll see where that goes. Oh, and by the way, Jeff Carr and I, the Jeff Carr, the host of Locked on Reds, we were on the phone together, and I was there in time to hear Brandon Drury hit a three-run home run. India hit a grand slam. The Reds pounded the Marlins 11-2. to One other game, the Red Sox wore those ridiculous yellow uniforms. Yes, I know they're for the marathon, but it really looks like it's the UCLA varsity team when they play. Well, guess what? The Red Sox finally won a game, and not a nanosecond too soon. I mean, do you realize how horrible the Red Sox have been since the 4th of July? I, I really don't think you have. On the 4th of July, the Red Sox had the third best record in the American League. They had they would have the home field advantage in the wild card round, and everything was looking Jake, to quote some of the, the slang from the sting. And uh, they 4th of July... Uh, Crawford and company, they shut out the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing. They were 10 games above 500. Only the Astros and the Yankees had a better record than the Red Sox on the 4th of July. Since then, going into today's game, they lost 13 out of the next 16 games. And they were outscored 137 to 62. They were averaging, almost giving up 10 runs a game. Now, of course, a big swing of that was letting up the 28 runs to Toronto, but still. And so Pavetta and company came on to face the Guardians, who were salivating at the idea of facing a team that couldn't win. And um, Verdugo wound up getting the go-ahead double. Red Sox still stranded a ton of batters. But in the end, Whitlock and company held off the Guardians 3-1. to one. So the Red Sox finally got a victory. But they're in a weird place right now because it's now late July. And they're still in the running for a playoff spot. In fact, as I'm recording this, the Red Sox, despite having that stretch where they lost 13 out of 16 games, are only three games out of a playoff spot. And they're chasing Seattle and Tampa, and Toronto. You can make up three games. You can. But they also probably shouldn't give up the farm. I think the Red Sox should do things like, you know, make those short 
short-term, you know, low-risk picking up players that teams are dumping and they're not going to take a lot from their farm system to sort of fill, patch in some of the holes, but keep all their top prospects and don't trade away their veterans. Don't do it. And for that matter, Orioles. I know the Orioles, you know, they, they wound up beating uh, Tampa. The Orioles are three and a half games out. Don't trade Trey Mancini. Don't do it. And I'll tell you why. Oriole fans haven't had anything to cheer for since Buck Showalter did not bring in uh, uh, what's-his-doodle during the wildcard game. Finally, Oriole fans have something to cheer for. What are you going to get for Trey Mancini that's going to be worth the bad feeling that's going to happen in the clubhouse and amongst the fans? You're not getting a blue-chip prospect for Trey Mancini. You're not getting a key building block for Trey Mancini. You're better off letting him walk at least finishing this season out. Normally I'm for, hey, just get something. But do you know what? It's been so long since there's been something positive in Baltimore. Why spoil it by trading away one of their most popular players? For so, for inevitably, you will not get someone who will make any impact on the team. The best you'll get is either a single-A player or a reserve infielder. Is that worth it? Is that worth it? No, because you're trying to create memories. And sometimes you want to have that face, that person who sticks with the team. I remember having my baseball cards, and you want to see that player year in and year out with that team, especially someone like Mancini. Fans collect their memories of these players like they collect sporting cards. And do you know what? I did that for years, and people are still doing that now, even though the world of sporting cards has changed. In fact, I'm going to ask you to please accept my invitation as I welcome you to the world of sports cards reimagined. The Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in Google Play and Apple App Stores, the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. If you're like me and you've collected cards over the years, you're going to want to have this. It's completely free, and you can easily browse over 630,000 cards from every sport. As my mother will attest, I used to have 630,000 cards in shoeboxes in my closet. Now I can use this app to figure out their worth. Check the latest values of your favorite cards with seven-day or 30-day charts and find the best prices and buy directly through the app with our eBay deals feature. Now, you can download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Hey, I want to briefly talk about uh, an article that I read um, by the way, we're talking about keeping Trey Mancini, uh, Barry Larkin, Hall of Famer, beloved Cincinnati Red from Cincinnati, has been urging the Reds to basically keep Kyle Farmer. And Kyle Farmer is not a spring chicken anymore. He's in his 30s, but he's but Larkin likes what he sees in Farmer and thinks that he should stick around, that he should be part of this Reds team from here on. You know, you forget that he came up with the Dodgers. In fact, was part of the 2017 team. He was part of that team that played in the World Series. 
and he was part of the wild trade that sent uh, Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig and Alex Wood to the Reds in exchange for Homer Bailey, Jeter Downs, and Josiah Gray. Jeter Downs was later part of the Mookie Betts deal. But he's been um, with the Reds ever since the team that wound up playing the wild card uh, against the Atlanta Braves in 2020. And Barry Larkin wants to put that stamp on. Kind of like I was saying, Mancini shouldn't go. said, this guy belongs on the Reds. He should be a Red for a long period of time. Maybe as a point, Barry Larkin has forgotten more baseball than any of us has ever known. And maybe he's bringing that knowledge to a new era of baseball. Look it. Remember when I had uh, infield fly girl on here and she was talking about her love of Taiwanese baseball and those great talents there. And maybe I seemed a little uh, imperialistic when I said I want all the best players to play in the major leagues in America. But I do want Major League Baseball to be the hub of the best talent from around the world. You know, not just from America, but, you know, from the Caribbean, from Central America, from South America, from Japan, from Korea, from China, from Australia. And you know what? I want to find talent elsewhere. I want to find it anywhere on the globe. Anywhere on the globe, if someone can play baseball, I want them to be playing baseball and to be proving it on this, the highest stage, the biggest stage. And Larkin is doing something. Barry Larkin is doing something that caught my attention. And this is according to WCPO9. I wish it was I wish it was CPO3, but it's CPO9 in Cincinnati. Uh, Barry Larkin is nominally part of a local company that is going to launch a professional baseball league in, say it with me, folks, Dubai. The United International Baseball League is going to, to turn the cricket fans in Pakistan, India, the Middle East, and where cricket is gigantic, and they're trying to create a baseball league. And they have four franchises that are going to start in 2023. And this is something he said in the press releases. I spent the last 20 years of my life focused on helping young people learn the fundamentals of our game and teaching it the right way. And he's witnessed, he said, he's seen in the U.S., he's seen in Brazil, he's seen in East Asia. And he wants to bring it to Dubai to India, to Pakistan. I'm in love with this. I am absolutely in love with this for so many reasons. First of all, I'm convinced the greatest player in the history of baseball never knew they had the talent for baseball because they were playing in a region where they didn't have baseball. There's some Egyptian kid with the nastiest split-finger fastball. There's some kid in in the Ukraine who's the next Mike Trout. There's some kid in Senegal who would be the greatest second baseman anyone ever saw. We never know because they haven't been developed. They haven't played in the league. They're playing other sports. Darn it, I want to see it. I want to find these great players. And I want to make the world a smaller and more digestible place by having people from all over the world in Major League Baseball. 
The first time I ever heard the word Curacao was from Hensley Van Van Mullins. I'm sure for a lot of people, the first time they heard about the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or Nicaragua or some of the places where the players who were coming up in the 70s and 80s were from. You know, I want to, it, you know, one of the things that happens like when we see players come from all around the world is it shows that, you know, you, you see other countries get super excited about the players represented, but you know, also it makes the world a slightly smaller place, easier to digest, make baseball a global game. It's a great, obviously, I think it's a great game. And people play sports from all around the world. They play, you see people from all around the world playing you know, the NBA basketball and see people from all around the world playing Premier League soccer. See people from all the cold countries in the world playing hockey. But yeah, let's go do this. First of all, spread the gospel of baseball. Secondly, you know, baseball is the greatest sport to play for young kids. I have no compunction saying that. Why? If you get together a peewee football league, most of the kids don't do anything. You get together uh, AYSO soccer, 70% of the kids are just running up and down. They never kick the ball. In baseball, every kid, whether they're the potential budding star or the kid blowing dandelions in right field has a turn at bat has a turn where they pick up the bats it's my turn now and they could be the hero they could be the chump or they could be blowing dandelions but everyone has a shot and to show that there's something democratic about that there's something fair or equitable about that it's what I love about baseball. Whenever I hear things like, well, maybe we can make a rule change that they can rearrange the batting order of the star. Shut up. You don't get it. And I want people to get it. But also, selfishly, I want great players to be coming from all around the world. If there's a great player from Pakistan or from Dubai or from India or from Bangladesh, I want them in the major leagues. I want to see that talent. And I want to see more representation from parts of the world. Why? Because you have a political agenda? No! Because I want to see all the best players. And I literally don't care if they came from Afghanistan or Dubai or Sudan or Liechtenstein or Natick, Massachusetts. I want to see all the best players. I want to go I want to I want to go out there and find that great player and have that great story. Oh, there's a kid. Can you believe it? From this town and outside of Mumbai, and he's the greatest second baseman since Joe Morgan. That's out there. That kid's out there. I want to find them. Do you know why? I love good baseball. I want to see that. And do you know what? That kid could eventually come here and become a hero, make money, and create memories, and be beloved in a city here in America, and maybe even give their team a ring 
And if you're looking for a ring, can I absolutely recommend BlueNile.com. Now look it, whether you're ready to pop the question or celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as the one you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives with discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. I'm going to be part of a locked-on MLB draft. Uh, not draft day. Uh, uh, what's it called? Trade deadline special next week. I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it looks like Juan Soto is going to be dealt. And I really think that there's really two, well, three ways this is going to end up. And I'm starting to think about now at this point, my, my mind can change. My mind can change, but I've been thinking Los Angeles is going to be the landing spot for him. The Dodgers still have a bunch of prospects. The Dodgers get very aggressive. They're willing to trade their prospects because they know their window of opportunity is right now. They know that adding Juan Soto to their team, Juan Soto is the age of a prospect. He's 23. And he's been in the league for six years and has a World Series ring for his trouble. So they look at Juan Soto as, hey, young player, so what? We get him. And you, you you add Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts and Juan Soto to a lineup and Trey Turner. Could be one of the great teams. And the Dodgers are going for broke to win a title, a second title, and one that is not part of a COVID-shortened season. They won a 162-game schedule championship for this crew. They don't want any asterisks next to this run. And they could still do it with Betts and with Clayton Kershaw and with Justin Turner. I mean, they could still do it with the with the band together and everything. And I thought that they were the front runners. I didn't think the Yankees had enough pieces. But then I started thinking about teams that have a shorter window of, of opportunity. If you were the Rays, or the Guardians, and you know you have a window of opportunity, you're not going to sign Juan Soto to the long-term deal. But if you deal for him now, you can get three summers with him. You get this year, next year, and the year after that. Three shots at it with an elite player. I call that the Kawhi Leonard option. Remember how he went to the Raptors? Gave them a championship and off he went. That seemed like it could be a smart thing if you're a team that has a smaller window of opportunity and could use a superstar. Lord knows the Rays have the talent to do it, to pull off a trade like that. And maybe, just maybe, that could save the franchise. Save them from moving. Or for Cleveland to finally win. Or for Milwaukee to finally get over the hump. Those are the three teams that have can win right now that make me think, huh, 
you make a big deal for this. You're not going to sign with the long term, but if you could get one title, squeeze one title out of him, and then he hits free agency kind of the same time that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper did in their career, he'll still get a 10-year deal out of someone like the Mets or the Dodgers, some big-time team. If you're a smaller market team, so we're not going to get him long term. But one championship could get the whole situation off the schneid. I personally think the San Francisco Giants should be making a run at either Soto or Shohei Otani. I think that both of those players would be a huge box office draw for the Giants. And the Giants can certainly use that big bat. And, you know, the arm could be great for Otani as well. But I keep thinking about the Cardinals. The Cardinals have a piles and piles and piles of talent in their farm system. The Cardinals, who probably could use a starting pitcher, but imagine if you look up and they add Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, and Juan Soto. They have players. They have a bunch of players who are ready for the major leagues now and on the way up. And for the Cardinals and their fans, winning a title and having, you know, Again, even if they don't sign Soto to the long term, you can say at least we get three summers with them, three shots at it. And one thing we've learned is players love playing in St. Louis. So you can do the whole, hey, come here. Test us out. Tell us what you think. Look, it. there's a distinct possibility some team I'm not even thinking about, like the Texas Rangers is going to swoop up and do this, or the Baltimore Orioles. But there's something about St. Louis. There's something about that franchise. There's something about that organization. And their never-ending pipeline. You ever of players, you ever see like those those shots of like you know the Revolutionary War or the Napoleonic Wars, where it's just line after line of soldiers marching, and you fire the they would fire their muskets at the soldiers, one would fall and another would run right up to take their place. That's the St. Louis Cardinals farm system. I don't know how they do it. If I were an owner of a team, I would immediately get rid of my farm director and hire the assistant farm director of the Cardinals and say, show us what you were doing there. You can do whatever you need to do. That's the type of farm system I want. They can produce players that they use at the major league level and have tons of trade prospects moving forward you know i've heard other names i heard how aggressive san diego will be i've heard that the cubs need to quell their fan base yada 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 da 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 yabba da ba da 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 and it may wind up being the dodgers i i'll tell you what i would like i personally would like it to be one of those teams like cleveland or tampa bay so we can see him playing for one of those teams and then have the free agent showdown in a couple of years. I'm telling you. And I'm usually terrible at predicting these things. I'll be the first to tell you that. But there's something about St. Lou. There's something about St. Lou and Juan Soto. It seems like a perfect fit. It's starting to smell cardinal to me. But it smells like the end of another episode as well. So, hey, 
Thanks so much for listening to us. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. Check out some all the other great shows of the Lockdown Podcast Network, including Lockdown Diamondbacks with my buddy Miller Thomas. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 26th day of July 2022. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Tomorrow we're going to be talking a little bit about maybe the Reds, maybe the Subway Series, or maybe, and one point this week, I'm going to be talking a little bit about, well, why we don't see ace pitchers anymore. And is it an economic thing? But don't worry, we're mainly talking about fun stuff. This has been Lockdown MLB for the 26th day of July 2022. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.